Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. John. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. It's a full house tonight. Is this the first <gasps> is this the first full house since we started back in the season? I think it is. I think it I is. I think so. It was your turn to be sick or off hiking the, the morns or something like that this, this week. So Because the morns is equal to the distance that John done up in Scotland, is that what we're saying? Well, if you just walk, if you walk it like, like twenty-five times. Yeah. <laughs> John, how's the legs? Uh, legs aren't bad. Um, Ninety-six miles of the West Highland Way done, and uh, twenty-six point two miles of the Belfast Marathon done on Sunday. There, um, not to pump my own tires. Also went out for a wee five k after work tonight as well. So uh, yeah, legs are doing not too bad. Sure. John, I've got a serious question for you. Are you okay, man? <laughs> Probably not in the head, to be fair. But I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't have to be right, uh, considering I do this podcast with you guys. You, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. You'd need, yeah, you need to have something special in your head. Um, what was it going? Uh, so guys, um, we've been. It's been two weeks since our last recording. Um, the first games in the Odyssey. Or sorry, whoa, oh, wow, okay, it's been a long Ooh. time. Uh, the first games in the SSA Arena. Ha- the first game, I should say, in the SSA Arena has taken place last weekend uh, when the Belfast took on Dundee. Um, the first home win as well, we should say. Um, we unfortunately weren't there, but we were celebrating a ten-year anniversary uh, from with between Dave and his beautiful wife Gemma. Uh, so congratulations mm-hmm. on ten years anniversary, Dave. Cheers, thank you. Um, so we did have a great night at that. So we weren't we weren't too sad that we were missing the game. Uh, we did have uh, flash scores popping up on my my watch, and I was just checking in to see when the score goals scored. And quickly, we, we did have a, like a what was it like a seventy-inch screen that kept randomly turning on in the room, and it was like a sign, like it was like. Please put on the 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 but the, the uh, streaming of it. I felt like it was it was someone trying to tell us to actually put it on the on the TV. I think the greater sign that it wasn't on was the fact that we were in a room with all of our wives. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that's probably part of it as well. Uh, although we missed the first official home game of the season, we get to. We're, we're in that lucky position in that we get to experience that same feeling that people had last week, this week. So we have our first live game in the SSC Arena coming up on Sunday. Uh, I'm excited. I, I know I'm like tomorrow, I, the fact that we're at the weekend already, Sunday is mere days away. I'm very excited. I don't know about you guys. Uh, Dave, what about you? I can't wait. Really looking forward to it. Um, it's been marked in my calendar for, for a very long time. And John? Yeah, massively excited. More the fact that um, actually all four of us are going to be at a game. So not only are all four of us doing the podcast for the first time in ages, all four of us are going to be at the game. I, I have bad news. Ah, oh, oh, no way. I de- there, there's a guy leaving and work and we're all meeting up on Sunday. <gasps> I completely forgot about it. Really? A guy you're never going to see again? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's good. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, I actually used to work with him back in the days in the in the, in the fruit stall. 
Um, so oh, he's a good friend when we've got plans. So I'm sorry. That's okay. We'll forgive you this time. We'll try and catch uh, a full game of everyone together at some point in the near future anyway. Um, we have... When is the next one? Like, is it... hold on, actually. Is it going to be that it's like not until December? Isn't there a big gap? No, no, no. There's another game in two weeks' time. Um, I think it's oh, the it's... Friday or the Saturday, the 20... I think it's like 24th or something around then. And then there's a game on the 30th of October as well. So the day before uh, Halloween as well. Um, so there's two more games in October before, um, I think there's a small gap is in November, but not, nothing major, nothing major, but, um, yeah. So we'll, we'll catch you at a game soon enough, hopefully. Um, as I was saying, the first season, the first uh, proper weekend of action uh, took place over the last weekend or so. Uh, so as we would normally do running off at the start of each of our podcasts, we would normally kind of go through the league tables and the Challenge Cup tables. Obviously, it's very early days, but I suppose in keeping with tradition, we'll continue to do the same and we'll look straight at the league at the moment as it currently stands. Uh, the only real teams, a lot of teams, some teams haven't played yet in the league. Uh, Belfast Giants, one of them, and, Co- and Glasgow Clan also. Uh, the rest of them have at least had one or two games. Sitting at the top is Coventry Blaze with three games played with five points. Sheffield are in second place with two games played and four points. Cardiff in third, two games played, three points. Guildford in fourth, one game played, two points. Nottingham, two games played, two points. Glasgow in sixth uh, with no games, no points. Uh, Belfast are in seventh, no games, no points. Dundee in eighth with one game, no points. Manchester in ninth, one game, no points. And Five Flyers propping up the table, two games, no points. Uh, as I say, very early days, but, you know, keeping with tradition, we keep have to keep it going. Uh, guys, any thoughts on early day, do- early early doors? Uh, nothing to, nothing striking, jumping out at us anyway at the moment, John? Um, it's difficult to read into anything at this stage. You've got a couple of teams who haven't played any games at all um, with us in Glasgow. I think the only thing that you can read into it right now is that there are problems in Fife. Um, yeah. They are so far without a win, I think, across the Challenge Cup and the league. Um, they are propping up both competitions at the minute. Um, I do know, obviously, with my links to Fife, there are a lot of people who are not pleased about the way that things have gone with recruitment and how Todd Dutyam has set this team up. They seem to be uh, a team not willing to be physical and not willing to do what it takes to win games. And that could spell a very, very long season ahead for uh, the Kirkcaldy faithful. Yeah, agreed. Um, as you say, um, we'll move on to the cup in a second. But yeah, Fife definitely look like they're really struggling there. Um, it's a good. It's, it's well that you pointed out that it's, it's across both of them. Yeah, you know, the Challenge Cup as well. You might just go for the standard standings. You know, oh, it's only two games. You know, the it's the start of the season. They'll they'll get through it. But it is it's four games really. It is. Yeah, it's four games and no wins. Um, and considering their their next game is again or their next two games I think are against us I think it's a home away uh, this weekend against the Belfast Giants and I can't really see them taking much away from that either hopefully no, no. Um, Dave I mean your thoughts I mean as we say like it is extremely early as it's way too early to tell anything it's really you know people just yeah, teams are starting to bed in I mean the Blaze are blazing ahead mind the pun you know obviously three games played Ew. five points you know they've, they've they've only lost one point out of the three games i mean that's pretty good for blaze for starting good off. going yeah and i think they're doing pretty well in the cup or am i making that up um no they're not they're bottom of their in the cup so maybe a mixed bag then for them um yeah it's, it's so early that it's hard to tell um this part of the season 
it's it's like that cliche, you know, these are the points that if you lose, you're never getting them back. So they're really important that you pick them up at this stage of the season if you're planning on putting a push for the league. But you can't really get an idea for form or anything yet because, you know, so many there's so many games still to go. And, you know, there's teams, obviously there's two teams there haven't played at all. um, And you won't really know a couple of weeks in really until you get a feel for it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, just taking a quick look over to the cup. Uh, in Group A, we have the Giants, Dundee, and Five Flyers. Giants are top of that uh, that stand in there with four games played and six points. Dundee are second with four games played and four points. And Five, as you say, are in last place there with two games played. In Group B, we have Guildford sitting on top with four games and five points. Cardiff with two games and four points, and Coventry sitting at the bottom two games and no points. And then the last group, Group C, we have Sheffield Steelers versus uh, Sheffield Steelers with two games, four points. Nottingham Panthers with one game, two points, and Manchester Storm with three games played and no points. Um, What's going on with Manchester Storm? You know, exactly. Um, you know, obviously they've had, what, five games now, so off all together, and they haven't. You know, it's a, a, bit, a bit similar to Fife's point. You know, they've not picked up any wins so far. Um, four games, no wins at all. Um, what is happening in Manchester this year? Good question. Um, is it a case of similar, just struggling out of the gates? Do they come better, you know, as, as the next couple of weeks progress on? Is this something we're going to see? We're surprised, you know, you'd be surprised to see Manchester sitting at this point because, um, you know, usually they, they do give a good bit of contention at the start. Even if they're not too far up, at least they, they usually, you know, are at least on points usually by this stage. But early doors, early days, um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Guys, any thoughts on anything before I move on to our period one? Uh, no, not really. Nice to see Guildford doing well, obviously being my pick for the Cup. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to see them do do pretty well in the cup there. Sorry, the less said about the picks, the better. I was about to say we didn't actually get to, we didn't actually get to talk about the picks. Um, John, there were some interesting picks that you sent through to us in the last podcast recording. Um, yeah, apparently, you know, can you give us can you give us an idea of like why you chose those teams? No, no, no. It's it's all just on intuition, apparently. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, you the one texted them through, so we just went with what you told us. So, you know, just saying. <laughs> I was, I was really, I was really interested uh, driving back from Fort William after finishing the West Highland Way and uh, listening to my picks. I mean, I, I was as surprised as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> you can change them if you want. Um, do you want to give your two cents on on your thoughts and who you think? Obviously, it was it was his legs were killing him from all that walk, and he was delirious. He can't remember texting them, so we'll give him a deliver. <laughs> Oh, so you're going to give me an, another chance? Yeah, we'll give um, you another chance. Right, but if I had to go very quickly through, um, obviously the rules were set down last time. It's um, We all think that the Giants are going to win absolutely everything. Um, but if they were somehow struck out and uh, another team had to win it, I would say league, I'm going to have to go with Sheffield. Um, I think they are probably taking more out of that streaming series and um, they look like a team on form. And Challenge Cup, I would really expect Cardiff to come through and uh, and lift that trophy. Uh, I think the the format suits them because they're a team that have been initially set up for CHL. Um, and I think that if you are recruiting their their new coach, whose name I can't remember, um, if he has an eye to recruiting for the CHL, then I think the Challenge Cup is potentially a trophy that suits that sort of um, recruitment. So yeah, that's my that would be my picks. Perfect. 
thank you. Um, so there you have it. We now have our official, the official pick from John Ford, um, even though he says he didn't give us the last time, but whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, with that, what we will do is always we will move on to our period one of hockey and our roundup of, U- of news from around the UK. Okay, period one, as we mentioned, is a roundup of stories uh, coming from around the UK in the Elite League and further afield. Um, guys, we have a couple of stories in this period um, to discuss. Uh, story, uh, news, I suppose, is being a bit lighter, um, shall we say, this this last two weeks. Um, but there's a couple of bits and pieces that I, I find that I kind of just wanted to highlight. Um, so I'm going to start off if that's okay. Um, the first one I just wanted to raise, because I wanted to get your thoughts on this, because I thought it was actually... A pretty good marketing strategy for making more money for the teams. Uh, obviously, we know that the you know the streams of money over the last eighteen months or so has been down for each of the teams. Um, you know, obviously with COVID and and the restrictions that came in place and losing money and through you know not being able to play and whatever else might have happened through that way. But one of the things that I've noticed that started taking place this season, obviously because they've had to come up with different ways of uh, purchasing in the around the arenas, is the fact that a lot of the arenas have moved on to uh, purchasing your shirt off the back through online channels and through apps and as such two teams in particular that have stand out to me or two teams in particular that I've noticed have uh, used this to their full advantage is the Sheffield Steelers and the Cardiff Devils what they have started doing is taking each week no matter if they're on the road or off the road they're especially when if they're on the road sorry uh, if they're heading off and doing a, an away game they're also doing a shirt off the back for away games as well so there's an online raffle form uh on both the cardiff devils website as well as the sheffield Steelers website and you can buy a shirt of an online shut off back raffle ticket um so it means that player that fans can now finally which something it's quite interesting is because it's never really happened before is fans can now get a shirt off the back for away uh jerseys which you know when you think about it you don't get an away jersey that much at the end of the season maybe they'll you know they'll sell off them or they'll raffle them off at the end of the season or as the giants do they'll do like a mass you know raffle in the arena to raffle off the away jerseys at the end of each season so but it's interesting though that now this way the way that sheffield Steelers are doing it and the way that cardiff are doing it is that you could pick up an away jersey something you don't usually get uh easily through um throughout the season i just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it i mean i i've seen a couple of bits and pieces i don't i've seen one or two people online complaining about it for some reason and i don't really understand why um i i i seen this and i thought to myself do you know what <laughs> that's a that's a genius idea why haven't why haven't they been doing it before? But I suppose they haven't had the, the the means to do it before. But now, because of COVID and everything else, they've been almost we've moved on in a way that they have to start getting with times in terms of trying to find better ways of cashless, uh, you know, purchasing. So this is obviously one way they've done it. So they've been able to kind of maybe put it online as well. Um, John, we'll go with you first. I mean, positive, negative. What do you think? I'm all for it. If I'm totally honest, um, we've seen. We look at it with a, a Belfast slant on it, and we have seen the way that fans, and I count myself as one of these, that on certain nights will go out and sink quite a lot of money, more than we would uh, like to tell anyone else, into like a special one-off jersey or those big nights that you talk about where maybe the, the one-off jerseys or the, the away jerseys get put up um, on the, the shirt off the back. 
But what these two teams have done is is really smart business. They have doubled the amount of opportunity that they have to raise money for the team through a shirt off the back raffle. And it's it's just good business. So I think it's to be applauded. Well done. Uh, Dave, um, coming to you next. I mean, you know, John said about how it is a positive spin in terms of a money-making way of getting the money into um you know the team bringing in a bit more money uh whenever the team are away um that aside apart from the money side of things in terms of from fat from a fan perspective in terms of the opportunity for a jersey that you would normally get what's your, what's your take on that yeah no i think it's a, a cracking idea i can remember whenever we um first started going to the giants and the the home away colors were flipped i remember trying to get a teal away jersey uh, game worn it was like hen's teeth it was a nightmare and they used to go used to be sold in the second hand market for crazy money um and i'm sure there's people out there that want to get the white ones in um game worn and i think it's just a cracking idea um i all it sounds really random but you're watching the dundee game i almost bought a sure of the back ticket just because it was like that feel to the game you know um and I have no interest in wearing a Dundee jersey. <laughs> 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 frame it, put in my toilet or something, you know. <laughs> I don't want to know what you're going to use that for if you put a jersey in your bathroom. <laughs> something has to replace the Isle Sheffield one that I've been using for the last 10 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that a bath mat, is it? <laughs> Aaron, coming to you, um, you know, we've had John was saying about obviously the how it's it's great in terms of, you know, building the money up and um we talked about the fans and how positive it is in terms of the fans being able to bring in getting a jersey, getting their hands on something that's kind of slightly unique through the season because a lot not a lot of people will have that away jersey, especially a shirt off the back worn away jersey. I mean, in terms of, you know, I uh, the the fact that we've progressed because of COVID obviously pushing things forward and making us kind of think ahead and, and think differently. Um, is this a, a really good example of something positive that's came out of COVID in terms of technology? I was, I, as the guys were actually talking about that or talking about it, I was like, it's a, it's a really good, going to your point, it's a really good sign of just moving with the times, to be honest with you. Um, not only because of everyone's used to Zoom calls and all that kind of stuff now, but um it's a way to um, interact with the fans. And the, the great thing is here that the, you could be a Cardiff, well, you, you could be a Cardiff Devils and not be from Cardiff or get to that many games. But this means that they're actually including fans from, you know, all, all around the world, all those Cardiff Devils fans from wherever they are, all those uh, Sheffield Steelers fans from all around the world. You can still do this year off the back. That's I think that's class. It's, it's a great way to still feel a part of the fandom if that makes sense yep especially and when the teams are on the and when the team is on the road yeah no i agree um all around i think it's a really positive step and i think i wouldn't be surprised if if more more teams if not haven't ever haven't already been thinking about it i'd say more teams will maybe start thinking about that maybe moving well, forward let me let me ask let yep. me ask you then specifically obviously last last podcast i missed the discussion about the the new giant stuff i know 100 percent all four of us if those away jerseys were to come up on a shirt off the back when the Giants are playing either on Premier Sports or on a webcast somewhere and you had the opportunity to go in for one of those class new jerseys, I'd be dropping a couple of quid on on that as well. I was not expecting quid there. I was expecting some more. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be careful about who might listen to this, so I'm saying a couple of quid. 
um yeah yeah i guess i think um you know we we were chatting about a bit about the jerseys not you know won't go into a lot of, won't go into that whole thing again but we were talking about the rebranding and the jerseys and stuff and how much we loved them last week and how we actually first time we came to an agreement on something the only jersey that, that i'm not <laughs> a massive fan of uh, i love like the rebrand and everything but the only fa- the only jersey i'm not a massive fan of is actually the the away white one i'm not a massive fan of it um so i wouldn't be as i wouldn't be as forthcoming with maybe buying raffles but if that challenge cup jersey is up um and they're playing in that challenge cup jersey away and that was to come up on a raffle then yeah i would i would drop i would think about dropping more money as well on that if i'm watching the game i definitely would be but it's, it's currently fair, only, but... it's only the Steelers and the devils doing this yeah well, that's it, and so for the fact Giants that listen up, <laughs> um, yeah, they're the only two doing it. But you know, as I said, as that's what I'm saying, maybe we'll see that some of the other anybody, any of the other teams who maybe either have the infrastructure already and just hadn't thought about using it in that way, or some anyone who's developing the infrastructure. Now I know from watching the Dundee game, there the webcast you could do it because they put up on the webcast. You know, get involved, buy your shut off back raffles, or I think were they doing fifty fifty as well on the webcast? I think was I if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, they're doing both. Oh, wow. So they've got the, they've got the infrastructure to do to allow those who are watching the webcast to also take part in the raffle. So, I mean, I would say I would imagine most teams will have, or if not, well, some. And is some the fifty more. is the fifty fifty separate than the fifty fifty that's going on in? In house? No, it's the same. It's the same one, as far as I know. Um, so even whenever they're putting it up and they're saying about joining the fifty fifty, it's just a complete pot of what's already been purchased in the wow. arena or the ice rink, as well as what's you know people who are paying, paying up for it online as well. So it's a it's a massive pot. So it's again, this is things that um obviously progression is showing that it's things they're doing and talking about progression, moving with the times. Can I just also add before we move on, um, the fact that the Panthers since our last podcast recorded the Panthers. Uh, they have no, a webcast. webcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. What the heck? Um, hello, what? <laughs> <laughs> Neil Black has, re- has been uh, body swapped with somebody else. <laughs> just, just imagine everyone's minds being blown that when Glasgow finally start playing league games in is it November? Imagine they just said, "Yep, we're doing a webcast." Everyone's heads just going to explode, and then everyone's just going to turn to Guildford and go, <laughs> "Right, come on, what's happening here?" Yeah, what are you, what he's doing? Come Do on. something! Come on. <laughs> Um, with that, I'm going to move on to our next story. Um, I now this next story I find well, I I spotted today because it was um, it was actually on um, it, it popped up in a couple of different areas today. But um, I, to be honest, I don't know if it was just that we missed this story initially whenever it first happened, or maybe we did cover. But I, it doesn't ring a bell for me. But so I'll kind of just go over it first, guys, so you can kind of get a bit of an idea of what I'm talking about, and you can kind of tell me if i if i'm wrong or not but uh this is the story of um former dundee ice hockey player who in 2019 was um charged with uh well it was charged with battery battery and assault um in dundee itself um and that is former dundee stars player lucas ludval nielsen um so he was uh, it was 2019 february 2019 is the accused date of when this incident took place he was accused of two different things one was um beating a man quite badly on the ground and the second one was pushing over another lady um in the scuffle or prior to this incident happening um so there's the alleged attack um happened um in one of the streets in dundee i don't know the streets in dundee but um 
so it happened not too far from the ice rink as far as i'm aware um and as this assault happened obviously then um he hadn't been he hadn't been charged with anything and he was due to go on trial now that trial is due to happen now but it's been put off postponed because of a really interesting uh claim i suppose from from uh lucas he is claiming that on the grounds of um i suppose the not being vaccinated he's refusing to get vaccinated first off um so he is saying because he isn't vaccinated and because he would be forced to quarantine when he arrives in scotland and he can't afford to pay for his quarantine in scotland that he isn't he isn't he's reluctant to come to the uk and to scotland to stand trial now he is from denmark um and the trial was supposed to be for later this month it's a, it's an interesting take but did i did i miss did we miss this story initially um dave do you remember anything about this i don't remember it um i think he's he's playing in poland as well currently so he's he's not he's still playing so um it's an interesting thing that if he's like he's at the end of the day if he's been charged he has to has to come out i, I can't remember this happening um i wonder if it happened near the tail end of the season um you know as we were more focusing on maybe heading towards the playoffs and stuff yeah, well, Marty said there it happened in February. So, like, depending on, I, I can't remember back to 2019 where Dundee were in. Maybe we just weren't paying attention to this, or maybe it just hadn't hit the press by this point. Yeah, maybe Dundee um, were doing so, well to keep it sort of quiet, quieter. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's a it's a weird one. It's 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 an interesting take in that you know that the the claim is that he he couldn't afford the 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 money nor the time to come over. Um, and spend in isolation and basically they claim from the sheriff the, do you, do this like do they still call them sheriffs in scotland john is this a thing yeah like- so it's it's they're they're called the sheriff so local local courts uh you go before the sheriff at the <laughs> sheriff court um i mean you you do expect somebody to walk in wearing leather chaps and to like pull a six shooter on you um, <laughs> the, the equivalent of our magistrate's court isn't it essentially yeah yeah um, I, I think so it's, i think it's really I, interesting I, I, that the sheriff has basically said, you know, well, he's made a personal choice not to get vaccinated. He could simply get vaccinated and come over and like spur all this money. Um, and his own solicitor, like his own solicitor, Lucas's own solicitor, has said pretty much <laughs> almost same the thing. same. But he's like, you know, obviously we can't. You know, it's a personal choice, and they decide if they want to get vaccinated or not. Um, but it's a, I suppose it's an interesting way to try and dodge having to try and come to the UK for a trial. My my favorite part of it is the way that the sheriff has gone about it. If it was over here, the judge would just be saying, "Ah, come on, wind your neck in." Yeah, I mean the 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 assault itself, um, you know this alleged assault itself, you know it it does sound quite um extreme, um, you know, um, but he is a, a an ex Dundee Stars um, player, and that's why it kind of jumped to my attention because I was like, "Oh, I didn't, I missed this story. Where'd that come from?" So short one, but I thought it was worth mentioning because I just wanted to kind of clarify with you guys that I wasn't going nuts and that we that if I did that we did didn't talk about this before. So that's made me feel better, um, knowing that we probably didn't. Um, great. Um, I'm going to move on, uh, John. I think you've got two bits to round off this period. Um, yeah, so probably start with my second one first. Not that anyone listening can actually see the running order, so it didn't really matter which way I started with it. <laughs> um, probably one just to very quickly mention, uh, the Devils have put out uh, a little piece on social media, a little video uh, from their uh, sort of social platforms, which is actually really nice. Um, they're going to hit their 35-year anniversary this weekend, and uh, the little video that they've got kind of harkening back to um, some of their 
past players um, and what I was totally unaware of, some absolute hammering of um, the Coventry Blaze in a game clearly a long time ago. Lots of Joffa helmets were going around uh, on the ice, but it was it like 35 nil or something to the Devils against the Blaze. It looked absolutely brutal. Um, but yeah, so they're going to hit the 35-year milestone. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff um, on socials. I saw today they released uh, an image of their locker room with anniversary jerseys hanging up um, at all the players' stalls. So they're they're clearly getting getting all geared up and ready for that. So fair play to them. Um, 35-year milestone um, is nothing to be sniffed at. Um, but it's it's great to see. I mean, that's a that's a team that may not have made it as far as it has given change of arenas a couple of times change of ownership a couple of times playing in a tent for a couple of years um so yeah uh, fair play to them 35 years well done cardiff devils yeah congratulations to cardiff devils who's the who's the oldest team in the league then five <laughs> uh, well <I> mean, <laughs> okay so if you're talking, if you're talking the oldest team, basically anywhere in the UK, it's the Five Flyers. They're uh, probably one of the runners for oldest team in Europe. Probably are. I think they uh, remind. I was it the anniversary jersey I bought, or did I leave that one alone because it was terrible? No, I bought you, the tartan. You bought I bought the tartan. the tartan one. Yeah, I can't. I think that. I think the anniversary one was a bit much even for me wait you mean, um, you mean the tartan one wasn't the anniversary one you just bought the tartan one <laughs> oh, no, I bought the tartan one. <laughs> um so you I bought it on purpose what was, the, what was the anniversary was it was it 85 was it 80 or 85 years uh 1938 so what would that be yeah but I, I, I can't do it 80 let's call it 80 i might be wrong um but yeah, I think the only thing since they started that stopped them playing, if I'm right, was the Second World War. And they only stopped for one year. Wow. Yeah, if you're talking about the oldest team in the league, Aaron, then um, the league, technically, this version of the league only started, obviously, in the early 2000s. So um, pretty much most of the teams were in there, apart from obviously Fife weren't there, Glasgow weren't there, and Guildford weren't there. So yeah. If you're talking just specifically team five, yeah, five. Well, there you yeah. go. There you go. You think, you think for eighty years old, they'd, they'd be able to, you know, win more than four games. <laughs> Jeez, well, you're you're going to be popular, popular, popular there now. Harsh. <laughs> um, right. I only have one other thing for period one, and this is more of a an, an opinion piece. Let's wanna, call it. Do you want to get on your soapbox? Is that what it is? I do, I do want to get my soapbox, and this is something that I think has been echoed in uh, a few places. And actually, this year I think I'm the only one technically qualified to pass judgment on this um, for the first time in years. Um, so this year, anyone who knows us will know that I'm the only one who's been able through sort of different things that have happened for you guys. I've kept my season ticket um, for this season. But there's been some significant changes to the way that the season tickets are um, handled by the team this year. Uh, there are digital season tickets um, and I say that in the loosest possible term because the way that it's working now is every week before home games we have to go into the Ticketmaster system and download our tickets um, get, there's been some chat online and I've got to be perfectly honest I do agree with it it's a terrible system it's 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 awful 
tickets aren't available until a few days before. So um, tickets for this Sunday's game only became available on the system yesterday. Um, and if you're trying to preload or front load your, your phone, I've got an iPhone, so you can put them all into your wallet, which is great. They're they're there. Um, when you get to the arena, they pop up and you just tap them, you get scanned and go in. But my question with this is, if we can have this sort of system where you get a QR code that comes up, why can't I just have a QR code that was works in the same way as my old plastic season ticket card did and I had the same barcode that got me to my seat for every game? Why can't I have a digital season ticket that's just one barcode that gets me in the whole time? I, I, I don't get it. I really don't get this having to go back in and out of the Ticketmaster system to get my ticket every single week. I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously, you know, John, you, you know, you, as you stated rightly, um, you know, for, for whatever, for numerous reasons and for, for different reasons, you know, obviously me and Dave didn't get our season tickets this year and we, we, you know, it just wasn't possible to do it. Um, and that's not, that's not an indication of like our commitment to the Giants or anything. It's just that, you know, obviously there's issues and stuff that happened, but my take on it was it's kind of similar to you. And in, in terms of like, obviously I'm not having this difficulty, but it's it's a very similar thing in that whenever you go on now you can't go down and buy a ticket at the arena anymore you have to buy your ticket online through ticketmaster so you buy your ticket on through ticketmaster ticketmaster you go on and you have to like select your seats in the area and stuff and blah, blah blah everyone knows how the ticketmaster thing works you know you can select where you want to sit and that's fine and it's 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 a bit it's it's it works on certain browsers doesn't work on other browsers works on certain browsers on your phone doesn't work on other th it's 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 a bit faffy shall we say and then when you're also then trying to download that ticket which is probably it's probably going to guess is, it might be something similar is it like a it might i don't know if it's the same way but like downloading the ticket can be quite tricky as well if you don't know you know, if you're not pressing the right buttons. Now, my main thing came across on that I seen this as a couple of other fans were talking about it and I completely um, acknowledge that through work, through the work that I, through through work and the work that I do. Um, so I work alongside, um, obviously, blind and partially sighted people. But I also work alongside um, a, a much older population, shall we say. So a lot of the people I would see on a daily basis would be older population. So these would be people, you know, maybe in their 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, slightly older coming up. Um, maybe people who aren't used to using smartphones and have difficulties with technology and everything else. And this is, what, this is something that I was thinking is something I seen because a couple of the fans were saying about how they have older parents who are having real difficulties with being able to download the tickets from their own season ticket account onto their phones or are using their own ticket, their own um getting access to their own tickets and their season they've been long-term season ticket holders. And the fact that the fact the fact that there wasn't an offer uh, well, if I remember correctly, I was going at one point I was when I was hemming in hand about whether or not I could apply for a season ticket this year, and I went on to look. If I remember correctly, the options had said to me said, Would you like it as a card or would you like it as a digital season ticket? And I thought, oh, a digital, season, a digital season ticket would be class. It'd be really good. It'll be exactly the same thing as a season ticket. I didn't think it was going to be as like download every single game each week. So I can see where the problems are coming in that we have probably maybe slightly older generation of fans um, who maybe are having difficulties with it too because technology isn't for everyone. And, you know, th there was no, I feel like there was no thought given about people who are having difficulties with technology and also maybe people with maybe disabilities who obviously have difficulties to accessing things online. So there is a few questions that you would like to ask the the Giants and, and the reasons why maybe they thought that was this should be the only one option rather than offering out 
a physical card it would make things easier for people maybe who have a disability yeah. Yeah, there is. And look, I'm not I'm not completely like throwing the system. I don't, I don't want people to think I'm throwing the system or the organization under the bus completely. Clearly, they still have to work within the Ticketmaster system. So maybe there is just at the minute no alternative to it. But it, it does make it it's it's much more onerous now being a season ticket holder um before and actually i still have in my wallet my last what will be my last ever plastic season ticket uh it's still there um my other issue and i obviously we haven't been in the arena yet i don't know how and one of the perks of being a season ticket holder is uh a small discount on some of the concessions uh food and drink uh for example across the arena i don't know how that works though this season how do I identify myself as a season ticket holder when my ticket for um, this weekend is on my phone, but nowhere on it does it say I'm a season ticket holder? You mean you don't get so, a, you mean you don't get a free lanyard? <laughs> no, 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 not even a free lanyard to hold my phone. I mean, car parking yeah. space he gets parking uh, space. Sorry, yeah, should have a parking space. Should have a lanyard that. I mean, clearly this season we should have a lanyard that holds your phone. Mm. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, nothing. I, nothing I did all... see. I did see there was a thing about you know having to put your your thing into the the SSE app. So I don't know that maybe has something to do with it. I don't know. But then yeah, you, you can do that, and you can order, obviously. Yep. So you you can you can order your food and drink and everything. Or again, because I haven't been in the arena, I might be speaking out of turn, and I want to hold my hands up to that. Um, I don't know if all the food and drink order now is done through the app. I don't know if you can just stand in a queue um, and get food and drink or stand at the bar. Um, what not- I read on the, on the on the comments that you wouldn't want to stand in the queue to, to wait for the food. Was it not like 45 minutes I saw? Some people were... Yeah, there was a was lot, lot of massive... Well, that massive lot of people saying they missed the first that. period. Yeah, but I, to be honest, I know people were really angry. I'm, I, I, I suppose... Um, I didn't think we were going to get into but um i suppose people were really angry and i suppose you know people yeah you can be angry if you want to be but i think what people also need to take away is that they a couple of things i suppose up until the week before a couple of days before like you know the, the actual first game of the season i mean the executive hadn't made a decision around how many people were going to be allowed in the arena so you know the, yeah. the giants obviously probably thought they were maybe were going to have season ticket holders only because they probably weren't going to be allowed to have um general seal tickets people in so they probably had that in their mind too but secondly the other thing as well we need to look at is the fact that like the um the, the catering company and the people who run the bar in i don't think it's mount charles anymore but it used to be mount charles but i don't know if it is still but they the catering company who obviously provide the food and beverages and also serve the bar within the arena they i suppose from a from from me i well i have obviously inside knowledge because my nephew worked at the arena you know he worked um on the staff in behind the um well he never worked giants games but he always worked every other event um but he worked there and he was sent he like he didn't go back whenever they whenever they 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 give them a call all of the staff that were working for them prior to covid um they were all on zero hours contracts so they weren't getting any money coming in so all mm. the people who were relying on money that they had coming in through part-time jobs through the sse arena decided well i've got no money coming in i need to go find a new job so the majority of the staffing for 
the the arena were gone they're completely completely gone i think um if i remember correctly i don't know if, if my nephew was 100 percent correct but he was saying like he was saying around about maybe 85 percent 90 percent of the workforce that they had completely are gone and that's why we're seeing now this week that they're doing a what do they call it an express um hiring process this week where they're going to have people coming in you'll fill in your application form and you'll do your interview within the space of the hour you know you'll do it there and oh, you'll wow. find out by the end of the evening if you've got a job or not they're having to move quite quickly to bring more people in because they didn't i suppose the 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 company didn't realize actually we have a problem here because our staff didn't return because they didn't think about the fact that like well yeah your staff had to go and find other jobs because they're on zero hours contracts and there's no money coming in in any other way so yeah they had very little staff and i'm not i'm not defending them but i suppose you need you need to take that into context i suppose for that first hiccup for that first main of major event in the arena that's a yeah, fair and all fair points yeah, and I was saying this to to Gemma actually because we were talking about it, and um, I said it every time we talk about games, um, you know, you go there for the, the 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 Giants and the ice hockey, and your your cold beer and your warm hot or your uh, warm beer and cold hot dog. You know, it's you expect it to be rubbish. <laughs> <'Cause> I do. <laughs> yeah, no, you do, and it's kind of like you know, no offense, but like you know what the quality of food you're going to get anyway, and it's like, yeah. they tried their best. They've tried their best over the course of the last you know couple of years where they've tried to make one of the the kiosks more of like a shall we say fancier food thing. yeah where they tried to like try and you know incorporate like things like you know curry chips and then they've tried to incorporate things like salted chili chicken and all this random food stuff and it's fair enough you know it's oh, remember them. remember the remember the pulled pork burgers yeah oh, they've tried all man. this so you know you don't know maybe like eventually they're, they're they'll hopefully get back to it but i, I think you know we need to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and for those people who were complaining that last game that's fine. You're you're entitled to complain if you want, but look at the bigger picture. And I think that you, you are. Yeah, let's let's be honest. None of us none of us are buying tickets for the SSE, an event in the SSE, with the express idea of thinking that we're going to go there for <laughs> dinner and a couple of drinks. Yeah. We're going for ice hockey. Like, yeah, maybe have a think about it. Um, if you didn't like it last time, maybe get yourself a wee drink and a wee snack before you go in. Yeah, and the other thing as well is I would say is that some of the abuse that I seen that I seen online was just awful, and I hope none of that abuse was directed towards the the young because the staff there that work on those kiosks they're pretty young, you know they're young, yeah. you know they're students, they're you know young younger younger. Um, I'm not saying kids don't want to patronize, but you know they're younger people who are just doing a part time job. You know it's not their fault that they weren't fully staffed. You know. It's, mm. So don't be shouting abuse at them. It's not fair. They're just then doing their job, trying to do their best, and they're getting abuse hurled at them for no no apparent reason, no no need. So you know, well, it's, it's no, it no need good. for that at all. It sounds good as you're saying that they're they've they've taken it on board and they're doing that fast track recruiting process. You know, that's they've seen the problem and they're trying to address it. Exactly. No, that's good. One one thing, but going back to the original question, which was about the technology, uh, has there been any? any indication that they're offering alternatives for for people that well, this, this is, tech this, savvy or uh, for accessibility needs this is what i don't know um because i don't know uh, obviously not being a season ticket holder this year i don't know i haven't i i'm not obviously keeping up with like what options they're being they are offering so i don't know if maybe it has been a case of like you know please get in contact with us if you're having difficulties and we'll look at an alternative option mm -hmm. Um, maybe someone out there can tell us if that is an option that they've offered. Um, John, I don't know if have you seen anything as a season ticket holder. I can, I can say as a season ticket holder, the last uh, communication I got was about the preseason event 
um, which was about our obviously if you rolled on your season ticket, you're uh, you've got concession vouchers and sort of all the rest of it um which hopefully mine are still sitting there because i didn't get to pre-season and i wasn't able to go to the first game of the season so hopefully hopefully someone in the arena has some a little envelope with my name on it um <laughs> although to be fair I'll, I'll maybe forgo the little voucher for uh, that jersey but uh, that's another story altogether <laughs> so it, can, can you when you download the ticket do you have to present it on your phone or can you print it off or are they saying no paper it's, because they're, they're actually getting away from because of because of covid when when you go into the Ticketmaster um website now i i haven't done this through the Ticketmaster app because really annoyingly i now have two Ticketmaster accounts uh because my giant season ticket was under one email address and i use Ticketmaster under another one so i have to go in through the browser it then presents as a one of the smart passes um so if you've got um like apple wallet it goes in there as a ticket oh, very cool. um, so let's say that side of things that's the ticket master technology I've, I've used that before with other apps like eventbrite and whatever that they've they've all adopted to this type of tech no problem um the problem specifically is about the having to consistently go in to your account to download the tickets um, that that's just so onerous before at the start of the season i was given a little bit of plastic which was my responsibility to keep a hold of that and not lose it um if i lost if i lost it i think it was was it a fiver for your replacement card or something um, first one was free and then a fiver thereafter yeah um but after that i just had one ticket that got me into all my games that i was allocated through that season ticket now i have to go in and do this download a smart pass for every single home game mm. um so that that specifically is is the issue. Um, I feel like there's a better way of doing it. But like I said, I'll give the team the benefit of the doubt right now. I feel like maybe they're limited to Ticketmaster's technology and Ticketmaster's system. Um, mm-hmm. But it is more oner- onerous, and I can see it causing issues going forward. Uh, let alone the fact that we already have to present other bits and pieces like um, vaccine cards and after the Northern Ireland executive maybe pulls its finger out a little bit, maybe a vaccine passport or whatever that's been asked for everywhere else. So there's a lot of stuff to show to get into the arena now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. But I suppose, you know, um, hopefully there's, these are things that maybe they'll iron out. And as I say, I don't know, maybe they just kind of, maybe they had a plan in their head of how it was going to work with this, with the season ticket and maybe just didn't work out the way they wanted it to. And maybe it's something they're going to develop as it goes along. But uh, let's end this period on a bit of a positive note and and say well we're we're going back to the arena on sunday guys so uh we'll we'll well, well three we of us complain. are we won't complain because we'll be sitting <laughs> we'll be sitting there maybe not in our usual seats some of us will some of us in our usual seats maybe two of us not but um we'll we'll be taking it all in and we'll enjoy every moment of it anyway yep whoever sits beside john at the game have to do like a bit like an interview bit so that means that eventually no one will want to sit beside him which means they'll be free yeah they are obviously <laughs> do you know what i'm gonna do do you know what i'm gonna do dave i'm gonna ask them yeah. if they know who i am <laughs> <laughs> and then you're gonna whop your dick out <laughs> yep <laughs> that only comes out in december and you know that <laughs> oh dear and with that we will move on uh before you move on to our next period as we do um, and whenever they are available what we have is our penalty box segment which is a small segment where we focus on anything that comes up in relation to 
player safety um, coming from DOPS. And actually, guys, surprisingly, DOPS exists. DOPS has returned. DOPS is back. DOPS is back. <laughs> um, the first ruling of DOPS um, was following the game um, the first weekend of actually. And so it is slightly outdated, but I wanted to bring it in because obviously this is a the first ruling from DOPS and also because I was so shocked that it was actually returning. Um, and that was obviously the first game of the season between Guildford and Manchester. There was a incident of boarding, which resulted in one game suspension for Tristan Free. Um nothing too major um obviously it's a it, well major in that it was a boarding call um obviously the the to summarize it was a boarding call that um obviously because it was the first offense there was a it hasn't been fined but a one game suspension was there uh, it was official injury was was caused on the night um as a result of the illegal hit um it did look quite aggressive um i don't know if you've seen it if you've watched it um it's quite forceful I, i've I've seen it, and like even even at regular speed, like when it's slow, anything when it's slowed down looks bad. But even at regular speed, I was kind of looking at it, going, "Was it all that bad?" Or has he hammed that up a little bit? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not disputing the fact it's 100% boarding, um, but it happens so slow, even in real time. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, like what's happened there. I don't know if the um, the Manchester. Um, guy or yeah sorry manchester uh, scott simmons if the injuries maybe come to his face from his own visor the way that his face has hit the the plexi or or whatever but it, it doesn't look like a massive boarding call it is still a boarding call that's why there's a ban here um but i think it's a it's a it's a good one game ban i think this is actually a good decision from dops for it to be a one game ban i suppose the reason why i, I raised it um sorry guys did anybody else have any any opinions on that before i no, uh, no, I do 100% agree. Um, I think it's a stick, by the way, that take, hits him in the face um, as he no, goes okay. board. The stick's on the ice, and as he makes contact, I think the stick gets pushed up. You see a stick get through in the air after it, so it's hard to tell. It's a funny angle and stuff, but yeah, definitely one one game. Um, I do think it's a. It'll be interesting to see if um, we get uh, if the same player uh, do any more boardings because it's. It's actually quite blatant, so um, it might be something he's known for. We'll find that out as the season goes on. Yeah, and I suppose the reason why I wanted to make sure I included, I don't know, it was slightly outdated, but I, I one the reason why I wanted to bring up Dobson and wanted to bring uh, bring up this particular um, call was because obviously we want we we know, or shall we say, in the past when Dops has been existent in the past, you know, there's been a a level of shall we say inconsistencies with how mm-hmm. um, rulings go. Um, and how how they decide to make decisions on certain calls. So the reason why I brought it up was obviously because we were interested to see if the if similar issues happen in, in the future, if it'll all be uh, equally measured on the same kind of um, terms as what this one has been done. So obviously, as the season progresses, we will keep an eye on DOPS and and report in on anything that we see. And it's good. That yep. it, it was still reported in in good speed, and um, the, the 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 actual report in the video that they provide still. Still pretty good. Keep keep up that. It's all it's all good quality, and to be fair, the, the separately to all this, the stuff that's actually coming out of the league now is uh, is quite good. The new website is um, pretty good with the stats that are available, um, and looks stuff that he's putting out uh, on the media side is top quality as ever. And there's just more of it now, which is great. Yeah, um, we should also give a shout out um, to, um, I know we're going to maybe mention him later on in the podcast again, but should give a shout out to, I believe, Matt Harvey, um, 
who we know here um, in the Giants uh, world. I believe he did some of the designs for the new um, stills and images on the social media, the Elite League social media. Um, so they, whenever the social media puts up their posts with their Elite League background with the yellow and black stripes and stuff and all that there, um, that was all designed, I believe, by Matt. Oh, That's nice. cool. Well done, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on, we'll we'll leave it there for period one, and we'll move swiftly on to our period two of hockey. Hello, and uh, welcome to period two. Um, this is where we'll talk about hockey from everywhere but the United Kingdom. Um, I have no day in history today. I couldn't find anything uh, awfully interesting. Um, as is the way, we're still fairly early in the season, so it's it can be tricky to find good ones. Um, but what we'll do is we'll go to uh, Marty for a repeat offender and get him out of the way so we don't have to keep talking about him. Yeah, um, I just brought this up because this jumped up. This jumped up as one of the first news um, things that come up in my Twitter feed this morning whenever, um, you know, as you do when you wake up in the morning, I don't know anybody else, but whenever you wake up in the morning, you get all your news from social media first thing in the morning. Um, so my first news channel, my first place to go for news is obviously my Twitter account and my Twitter feed. Uh, and this popped up this morning. Um, and this is <laughs> no surprise of Andrew Kane uh, in the news again. Obviously, last week we were chatting about that he's currently under investigation for alleged um, domestic abuse uh, against his wife. Um, and this is following him being cleared of all charges from the gambling thing that happened a few weeks back. Uh, now he... <laughs> Now he is uh, being investigated by the NHL for allegedly faking a COVID-19 vaccination card. Um, Early reports are that the investigation centers around whether or not Kane has actually been vaccinated and if he has actually submitted a fraudulent vaccine card um, as part of his his case. Um, So the NHL have begun some interviews on the case and there is no timeline for the completion as usual, similar to the last investigation. And it's unclear uh, unclear uh, whether or not what will happen moving forward. He obviously didn't take part in the um, in the preseason. He didn't take part with the, the Sharks training camp either. Um, <laughs> like, what could you say? I mean, this guy, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, is he just, he's bringing it on. Like, he just brings it to himself. I mean, I know. I mean, John. Let's. I is mean... is there is there a point? Yeah, is there a point where the sharks just go? It's not worth it. Yeah. Well, at least we know that if if they do turn around and say that he's not worth it, we know that he's got Photoshop skills. <laughs> so he's got. Uh, he can jump into. I just think it's. I think it's hilarious. I mean, Dave. I mean, another yeah. story from Kane. I mean. I seen it then the the running order. I hadn't seen the story prior to the the recording, and I just seen his name, and I was like, "Oh, what has he done now?" Um, <laughs> sort of thing, you know. We have been talking about him for weeks. Um, I have that the same with John. At what point do you, the the sharks uh, the, the sharks start thinking? You know, do we find a way to send him down, or do we find a way to ship him out? Um, I know he's probably got some sort of crazy contract clause, but forty nine million seven year contract, and he's only three seasons, seasons in. in. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It is actually ridiculous when you look at it from that point of view. I mean, it's he's a liability. I mean, you know, this is one thing after another. And when did the organization go, you know what? I know these are all allegations and we kind of have to kind of go with the fact that they are allegations and we can't, you know, act. But like, again, you're bringing the, the organization in disrepute by doing all these different things. I mean, there has to be a point where they decide to go, you know, you need to either really 
wise up and think about what you're doing and become more professional or are we just you're gonna have to you know ship out go yeah ship up or ship out yeah um yeah i have to say it's it's crazy um i think that we've seen him obviously we've came across his stuff a few times now and it's just like a rabbit hole uh, i'm almost dreading to see what he does next week but like the the previous ones like the domestic violence and all that they kind of have to tiptoe around that because it's allegations at that point and i appreciate this is allegations at this point but this is directly against the nhl like they he provided them they he provided them the vaccination card so he's he's trying to pull the wheel over their eyes this time so something might something might come of it you're true that's true and uh, i think it's also a legal requirement in the united states and canada as part of the um they like a vaccine mandate for a lot of jobs, and I think uh, sports was one of them. So, um, by providing a uh, a fake form, a fake uh, vaccine form, it's technically illegal. So, there might be criminal yeah, charges. Yes, uh, the piece the piece that uh, uh, we're taking the story from actually says that explicitly that it is illegal to have a fraudulent vaccine card, uh, and it's also against NHL rules. Awesome. <laughs> we'll see how it pans out, uh, but hopefully. Fingers crossed we don't hear from him for a few weeks. Um, <laughs> it'd be nice, like, but uh, you never know. So the the rest, um, I think, are John's. So I'll hand, hand over to John here for a bit, and he can introduce one that's maybe better, more lighthearted than this one about uh, Evander Kane. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, first off, uh, it's worth mentioning that um, Team GB women uh, are now kicking off in uh, Olympic qualifier um, in Nottingham. They are playing in Group F, which includes uh, Korea, uh, GB, Slovenia and Iceland. And just in the last few minutes, I can confirm that GB have won their first 5-0 against Iceland. Um, which is absolutely stunning. It's a, a great one. I'm actually looking forward to maybe catching a repeat of that um, on free sports. And I, I want to say this as well, that the whole group, all of that group's GB games are being broadcast on free sports. Um, awesome. So if, if you're in any way interested in hockey, there is free hockey to watch. All you have to do is create a free sports account. You don't have to buy Premier Sports or anything. Just go on and watch it. Because uh, based on that result, 5-0 um, against Iceland, this could be a, a good shout for GB qualification into the Winter Olympics. Did I see as well that they were playing in front of their uh, record crowd for GB women's? Yes, I think so. I think there was a mention of that. They are pushing. I think tickets are only six six pound or six fifty at the NIC or whatever it's I was called. About to say, if I was in Nottingham, it'd be a, a one I want would want to go see. The the men's uh, world championships in Belfast was unreal, and I'd say that women's was just as good. Absolutely. So their next game is tomorrow against Slovenia. Yes, I think so. And then again on the tenth against Korea. That's right. Are they are they live on free sports? They are live on free sports. Yep. So free sports are uh, broadcasting all the GB games live. Um, so not sure what time the. In fact, sorry, I have it here. Um, GB Slovenia is at seven o'clock uh, tomorrow on free sports. Oh, um, and then it's a good Friday night watching then. Absolutely. And uh, GB versus Korea is the last game in the the group. And it starts at five o'clock. And unfortunately, I will be in the SSE arena, but I'm sure I'll have my phone with me and I'll be keeping up with it at the same time. 
Um, that's that for that. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll maybe throw some uh, some stuff out on our socials uh, at the same time, uh, and keep an eye on how the GB women go as they go through that competition. Um, guys, one other one from me on this, and this one broke today. Uh, this is the story that uh, Montreal's netminder Carey Price has entered the NHL and NHL Players Association Player Assistance Program. Um, there has been no indication of for what reason Carey has entered into um, the uh, Player Assistance Program. Um, and it's not right of anyone to speculate as to why anyone uh, is in the position that Kerry is in. Um, there was a, a very heartfelt post from his wife, Angela, um, which she put out on uh, social media today, um, where she said that Kerry is showing up for himself and our family and making the absolute best decision possible for us. Um, and I think everyone, I've had the benefit of actually watching Kerry play on two occasions um, when I went to Canada and um, Kerry's a, a well-known guy uh, throughout hockey uh, but especially in Montreal uh, he's basically Mr. Hockey in Montreal and uh, we wish him a speedy recovery from whatever it is that's uh, that's going on uh, with him. Yeah I mean as you say um, obviously we, we don't speculate um, but for anybody who doesn't know the NHL and the NHL Players Association started the player assistance program in 1996. Uh, it's a joint funded program and the idea of the program is to assist families uh, or players and their families specifically originally started for mental health um, but also looked at things like substance abuse and other matters that were personal to the players. Um, now, again, we won't speculate as to what the reasons being. Um, we can only go for what we what we told in this and what has been put out. Obviously, Carrie's wife um, did put out that post, and it did say that they're very proud of the fact that he has, um, you know, that it, it's important to show kids that it's not there's no the raw uh, there's it's it's great to ask for help and making sure that you you look after yourself. Um, so again, this is a a player who clearly indicated and clearly knew that he needed the support from this service for whatever reason it was and he's been done in the right way in terms of um, seeking help and support for that um i just wanted to bring in a story guys that's kind of similar but not um i was going to put it into knocky news but um i kind of feel like it kind of falls into this same um category and kind of falls within the same area um and this is obviously i don't know if you guys seen this over the weekend um but uh, if you hadn't, Robert Lehner um, from the Las Vegas goalie um, over the weekend put out a string of just shocking tweets on Saturday night um, hurling accusations and abuse um, at um, different teams, talking about illegal passing of drugs around teams by coaches and, and medical experts within each teams um, and really kind of slamming um, a number of different um, people within different organizations. Um, he called out individuals um, within the, um, he called out individuals within that, including the Philadelphia Flyers coach, Alan Vinnilt. Um, he called him out and said that he was one of the people supplying drugs and pills to players and the whole big thing. Now, the reason why I bring this up and the reason why I'm, I'm kind of putting it into this point here is because um Obviously, Robin has now come out and put out a statement, um, and and said that you know he did it. He went around the wrong, he went through it the wrong way, um, and that he should have done it in a better in a private manner. Um, he's he's himself um struggles with addiction 
as well as depression and the bi- um, bipolar disorder. And he has said that it was clearly a cry for, and the league have obviously recognized that his tweets and his method of going about what he did was a cry for help in that he needed support. Um, but he'd done it in a very public way rather than doing it in a very, you know, in a way that should have been done correctly in terms of going through the, the player assistance association uh, assistance program, whatever means, whatever Robin's going through as well, obviously it's, it's, it's clearly something going on for him too. Um, and I just hope that he can kind of also, um, kind of go down the route as, as carry and, and seek a bit of support through the CM player assistance program, uh, whether or not he decides to take up on that, that assistance, um, it, it'll be interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see what Vegas do in terms of, um, reducing the, the damage or supposed damage limitations in terms of like how this has came across. But I felt that was just obviously put that in there too. Um, cause I think it was very relevant. No, I have to say, I totally agree. You know, the, um, the, the willingness to speak out um, and when you need assistance is is huge. Um, to whenever these guys, are, you know, they're under immense amount of pressure every every week, um, and I can only imagine um, the stress that puts them under. Um, and hopefully that uh, having those facilities in place and allowing them to speak out and get the assistance they need um, with no stigma uh, should hopefully help both of them. Um, I don't think we have anything else for period two, uh, so we will move swiftly on to period three. Period three, then, is our general Noki News. Uh, Noki News is where we get to talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey uh, that we think needs uh, a quick little mention. Um, guys, I'm going to start with... Um, something that I mean generally speaking we never put something into the penalty box in knocking news but this one really could go in the penalty box um, this is the a story that kind of had the hockey world a little bit shocked uh, Marty you you picked up on this story and had it in the running order yeah um, if you haven't heard this story where have you been are you living under a rock uh, but this is the story that the hockey world basically condemning uh, the racist taunts in the Ukrainian league um, calls for stiffer punishment for uh, the player who directed a racist gesture towards a black defenseman um, during a Ukrainian hockey league game have reverberated just right across the world. Um, if you don't know the story already, um, Andrea Denskin um, was suspended for 13 games by the UHL after he taunted uh Jalen Smerick from HC Donbass, um, the only American player in the elite league or the team league, um, and during which match the Denskin uh, mimicked a, peeling a and eating a banana towards a black player. Um, now, what made this worse, and I think what really took the, I suppose what really got people's air up was the fact that thirteen game suspension seemed, in my opinion, pretty light as well. But there was an option. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's just it's it's humorous to think that this was even put on the table. But there was an option for the player to avoid serving. So he had to serve three games mandatory. There was an option then to buy out the remaining ten games if the club paid uh, money towards a fine um, of. Um, what was it, 50,000, I don't know how to say the currency in Ukraine, uh, Hernvenia, I don't know, whatever the Ukrainian currency is, was 50,000 
and it equivalent it was the equivalent of a thousand nine hundred dollars or i think i sent to you guys it was a thousand four hundred pounds yeah, yeah. i mean i mean it was, uh, guys it's actually it was so disgusting that uh, i actually told i was was down with my parents um during the week and i was actually telling them the story they're not interested in hockey but i was like where do you hear this for absolute madness and, and uh, it's 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 insane. I mean, it's just it's it's just it's a real you know sickening, disgusting thing to happen. We've had players, you know, from the NHL themselves. You know, we've had black players, prominent black players in the NHL, the likes of like Wayne Simmons from Toronto Maple Leafs, coming out and saying that you know it's just it's sickening idea. It's disgusting to think that this ever happened and the way that it was treated, um, and no hesitancy given to how it was actioned. It just screams so much um, in terms of like how flawed the Ukrainian league must be. Now, on top of that as well, um, there was also a Ukrainian um, league GM fired for anti-racism t- comments. Um, you know, the general manager of the Ukrainian Hockey League um, had been fired f- um, from his role speaking out about racism following the incident. So this is a, a ge- this is a general manager who obviously was voicing... I suppose his voice was uh, ignored in addition about the suspension. He was basically saying that, you know, it should be worse and it shouldn't be openly ha- uh, welcome and it shouldn't be happening. And he was fired for it. I mean, that's what? crazy. Uh, am I, I actually, I picked when you, when you started telling that story, I, I thought it was the other way about, but he, he was giving off about the fact that it, it should have been a, a more severe no, no, no. So, like, I when I when this story started breaking, I was keeping an eye because um, a lot of the news that was coming out from the league was being picked up from his social media in particular. And whenever the the league put out the thirteen game ban and the option to buy out of ten of those, he was the one putting out the statement as well. But his tweet specifically said um, stuff about racism has no place in hockey. Uh, and all the uh, what you would expect um, a, a GM or any, anyone to say, really. Um, in fact, you would expect a lot of people to say a lot more. Mm. And this, his statement was latched on as to having not gone far enough. And I think it was his statement that the likes of Wayne Simmons um, had commented on on Twitter. But for as limited as a statement as what he made that seems to have been too much for the ukrainian league yeah and so, i mean on he, the back of that he's been fired for saying almost nothing con- well no no not almost nothing nothing controversial his yeah. he came out this 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 manager this general manager came out and made a statement and it's it clearly said and i'll read it word for word it said i've spoken openly about racism in the ukrainian hockey and the ukrainian hockey federation i've been fired as general manager of the uhl today because i spoke out uh Will it solve the problem? No. Will it silence me? No. I will continue speaking up about this. Why was he fired if he was clearly highlighting the fact that racism is an issue? And are they saying that he's a troublemaker? Therefore, let's fire him. Let's not make a bigger issue of it. Like, why was he fired? He shouldn't have been fired, in my opinion. Am I picking this up wrong? No, that that seems to be it. And actually, if I'm totally honest, I feel like the next step in this needs to come from the IHF. The, the IHF are the, the superseding organization over um, this league, and they have 
a responsibility now to to act on this, um, whether that's sanctioning the Ukrainian league itself or whether that's actually stepping up and saying Ukraine is a country representing themselves at world championships. Maybe that doesn't happen, but something needs to be done. If someone putting out what seems like a very measured response and one that the vast majority of people would rather see go a lot further, especially that ban, like that ban should have been a lot worse. There was people calling for him to be banned from the league um, and to never play hockey again, which, you know what, I'm totally behind. Um, But yeah the the next step the next conversation the next P, uh, pr piece it needs to come from the double ihf i think as the yeah. overarching organization and here. i should just i should just put out that the uh uhl there's a spokeswoman for the uhl such a weak expect explanation for the reasons why the league came to the decision that they came for and the uh correspondence the official correspondence that came out stated for every violation within our league there's a different cost we haven't had a single racism case to punish. Therefore, this is the first such incident and everything else should be based off this. I mean... Yeah, there you go. Well, there, there's your precedent set already, which is... That's a disturbing precedent to set as a league. I expect... I would expect a million percent better from DOPS. And if it wasn't, every single fan in the UK would be up in arms about it. Like why there hasn't been more about this from ukrainian fans i don't know or maybe we're just not seeing it um but that that's a that's a shocking precedent to set massively so yeah um not a not a great one to start with however we will go with um a slightly nicer um story and this is the the Kalamazoo uh, team, Marty, are uh, continuing to just make waves in hockey for all the right reasons. Yeah, we'll move from one awful story to one story of um, the acceptance and diversity within uh, hockey. Um, this is obviously th- this league. The I- I've got to say, um, and I-, I-, I have to, you know, I have to state this very early on. Kalamazoo obviously is part of the ECHL, and I think the ECHL over the course of the last few years that we've been doing this podcast um, have been an exemplary case of positivity when it comes to hockey. They've been on the forefront of a lot of different things. And um, we've seen things like the the, teddy, the world record for teddy bear toss um, at Christmas time. We've seen the pink ice, uh, you know, pink, uh, you know, pink the rink stuff that all happened within, you know, this league first. We've seen the Toledo Walleye, um, who are also one of the teams involved with this game that's going to happen. Uh, you know, they've led by example as well with a lot of stuff they do and through the different uh, brands and stuff and the jerseys and stuff they've done for charity. Massive, you know, kudos to this league for for what they do. But it's just another good case. And the reason why I bring this up is because um, similar to, obviously, the Elite League have uh, made a commitment that in January 2022, we will have uh, a diversity pride weekend here within our own league um looking at um pride across the whole of the uk um and similarly then the kalamazoo wings versus toledo walleye game on the 7th of january will be a hockey for everyone event and as such they will be the first team ever to the first professional hockey team to host a game on what they're describing as rainbow colored ice so the plan is that the ice will be um flooded um earlier in the week uh with different colored dyes onto the ice um which will then look like a rainbow right across the whole arena now it sounds 
phenomenal um they also they're known for having the first ever green ice game on st patrick's day which is a tradition that they started in 1982 um and they also dye the ice orange for halloween and also obviously as we mentioned before pink for um you know breast cancer awareness month um as well so again this is just something that i'm just like i cannot wait to see it i i think it's just it's gonna be brilliant i think this is just it's gonna be a, a it's definitely gonna be visually stunning i think um and i hope that it works out for them because i can't figure out how they're gonna be able to stop the the colors running from one to the other maybe that's the plan maybe it doesn't have to maybe it's okay that it runs into one or the other as long as they have big you know thicker lines of color but um i don't know about you guys but i think uh january 7th i'll definitely be or at least if i don't see it on january 7th january 8th here in the uk the day after i'll definitely be looking for the photographs of of that game to see what the ice looked like definitely have you have you seen any photos of their green ice classic their uh, paddy's day game yeah, yeah the the ice is something else yeah. like it is pretty cool um i think that's the one time where you might need that uh, espn glow in the dark puck uh, <laughs> on a webcast um, i was actually thinking that when, when it does go to the rainbow color when it's one color like the green the pink the orange and that which would be amazing to see with the rainbow. I wonder how difficult it would be to kind of follow the puck. Mm. Because it's constantly be. changing colours. I'm sure uh, Craig, Craig Kowalski would probably try and say that the rainbow ice meant that uh, someone could score from behind the opposition goal line. <laughs> Puts you off. <laughs> It'll be class looking though. Oh, well, be I, yeah, like Marty, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing um, the photos of that ice after that game. That That's going to be something. And actually, Marty, I would um, admire the comments you made about the ECHL. They, they are at the forefront of sort of inclusivity and that message of hockey is for everyone. Uh, they really have been since we started this. They do come up quite a lot as a league, as an exemplar of sort of how it should be done. So, yeah, 100%. So there you go, the Elite League. Uh, get your finger out and try and encourage one of your home teams um here in the uk not sheffield not sheffield they've got enough stuff on the race already yeah yeah exactly um um, right i only have one other story then for knocky news and this one is mine and um guys this does link back to i don't want to pump my own tires here uh, as you all know i ran a marathon on sunday there really uh run when he went to canada (laughs) yeah Do you know what, guys? In all honesty, um, if we were if we were going to have the videos on for this podcast, I was going to show you my medal, but uh, I'm holding it right now. In fact, hang. Can you hear that? That's my medal. Um, but someone else ran a marathon as well. Well, quite a lot of people ran a marathon. Actually, it was uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, it wasn't just me no i didn't just get up uh, on sunday and decide to run a marathon uh there's about five and a half thousand people in belfast but there was another marathon going on as well the london marathon was on uh as well um and around about fifteen thousand people uh ran the london marathon but one of them we all know one of them um liv anderson formerly of uh, the elite league um former lineswoman in the elite league um guys she got a guinness world record and quite quite an unusual one uh, as well maybe not the the guinness world record you might expect she wasn't the the fastest lineswoman to run london marathon um <laughs> she she got a guinness world record for running the fastest marathon dressed as a monarch by a female at three hours 39 minutes and 50 seconds <laughs> do you know what i'm, I'm not gonna lie right so i i um i seen this i seen this tweet on sunday evening or no yeah sunday evening i seen this tweet 
And I didn't put the name with... I didn't put a name to the... I didn't... I honestly didn't connect it that this Liv Anderson was the same Liv Anderson. Honestly didn't. I seen the name and I thought, oh, oh wow, that's amazing. She got that for that. And then it didn't connect to me until you've just mentioned that it was Liv, um, the lines the lines lady, the lines person, lines woman, lines person. Lines woman. Lines woman. Um, go, through all, go through all the potential titles there. Marty. Yeah, I did. Just want to, you know, make sure we got it right. Um, and, you know, yeah, for play. Uh, yeah. So John, what what are you, what what are you gonna go for for when you do the when you do your next marathon to get a Guinness World Record? What are you gonna dress up as? You know, I'm not gonna dress. I'm gonna dress up as a runner the same way that I did last Sunday because amazingly, Liv managed to do her marathon in um, just about half an hour faster than me while dressed up as Henry VIII. <laughs> 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 I uh I was out um obviously I I was out on the um on the on the track or on the course I should say sorry um in different spots um in Belfast I should say here the Belfast Marathon I was out in different spots um obviously supporting our own John Ford um on on the roads and trying to give him a bit of encouragement but also there's a couple of other people that we know out running as well in the same time but um I when I was standing on the um Armour Road waiting for familiar faces to pass me by um there was these two ladies fully dressed as lobsters <laughs> who, <laughs> who ran past they were, they were running the full thing both dressed as lobsters and th- not only did they like th- they were dressed as lobsters their faces because at that point they were just they must have just been like sweltered they must have just been they must be so warm because their faces were just pure red like you couldn't tell where the you couldn't tell where the costume ended and they began to be honest because they're so red but fair play to them for running full marathon and, and lobster costumes yep absolutely and uh, while we're on the the subject of the marathons and everything probably just as well to give a quick shout out to amy mclean who um yes. yep. also on sunday on sunday evening um, she went out and I know there was a lot of stuff happening in the McLean household that day but she went out um, and did the virtual London marathon um, in the evening um, and she's been raising some money for uh, mental health charities um, so well done Amy John yep. John what, yeah, was your, what was your what was your time on the on the marathon uh, my time on the marathon this year was um, uh, a nondescript hair away from four minutes and uh, sorry, four minutes, four hours and 12 minutes. Okay, so I've just Googled it. They they also handed out a, a fastest marathon dressed as a star meal, um, and that was four hours and five minutes. So if you if you can cut off six minutes of your time... Well, you, you need to be and, seven if I want the record. Oh, okay, seven minutes, and you have to dress up as a star. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, what's, what's the record for uh, doing it in hockey pads? Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but <laughs> you find out what the record is, and I'll give it a, a bit of thought. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> maybe no one, maybe John, maybe no one has ever done it in in the UK. Yeah. Maybe you could be the first one. To be fair, someone someone ran the London Marathon a few years ago in an old like copper diving suit. I'm pretty sure yeah. someone has done a marathon in their hockey pads. Yeah. There was a. a there was a group of guys doing Belfast this year. I don't know if they were doing the full or if they were in the relay um, in full NFL gear. Um, the Bel- In fact, I think they play for the Belfast Giants, um, but I think it's the um, the football team side of it. I think they're an amateur uh, NFL um, or American football, I should say. They're not NFL. Um, 
guys, but even that looked pretty pretty brutal. Mm. Right, I've got I've got you the details here. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so fastest half marathon dressed in in hockey kit, male. Um, half marathon, uh, uh, Evan Latsky from Canada. Um, one hour for uh, one one hour thirty nine minutes. One hour forty, call it. And that one was hour four. one hour forty. No, half he, marathon. Was he in outskater pads or goalie pads? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have... Uh, the fool's going to be something stupid like three cool. hours, 20 or something. I can't... 4, 8, 43. It's kind of... It doesn't make it... 4 hours, 8 minutes, eight minutes. and 43 seconds. Yeah, no chance. That's... All that's, stretch. That's, that's three how, minutes. How do you even say that name? S-T-A-T-C-H-U-K. Yeah, that's three minutes less than I ran it this year, and I had shorts and a t-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I, I, John, I say you had done it quicker if you hadn't have just done like ninety-six miles across uh, country about a week and a half earlier. So you know, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that benefit of the doubt. So, so you're saying your hockey pads then? Yep, yeah. So without pads. the West Island way, you're saying I've got um, uh, a Guinness World Record in me? Is that what you're saying? I'd, I say yes, so. I'd say without without, without the without the Highland way. Uh, I'd say you would have done this year's Belfast Marathon in, in four hours easily. You know, that's what plus, I'm saying. Plus, John, you'll not, you'll not like this. He wore a, a Maple Leafs uniform for the entire <laughs> <laughs> for the entire uh, marathon. So uh, everyone's got their handicaps. Maybe, um, maybe it was in the in uh, Montreal. Um, well, that's why he ran so fast. <laughs> <beer. laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm not committing to anything. And uh, at the same time, I've I've got to say as well that um, all joking aside, I I have been doing a bit of fundraising. Um, you guys. Uh, a couple of podcasts ago and then also uh, the last podcast when I wasn't here you guys were good enough to um, give me a bit of a shout out on my fundraising um, and I have been able to raise now over um, £1,400 um, so yeah, guys thank you massively uh, everyone who's donated um, I do have one more challenge to go still um, not this weekend but the following weekend um, I'll be running a 24 hour relay I'll be doing three two-hour stints in that, along with three other uh, runners from my club. Uh, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, if I'm all recovered from the marathon, um, that I might be aiming to do three half marathons inside 24 hours. It's going to be a big ask, but I'm going to see how far I can I can get. Three half marathons crazy, in man. 24 hours. So is that not like a marathon and a half? It is, but I get to sleep in between. Like it's it's a little bit different, but we'll see. I, I might not manage quite on the last one. I feel like the last one's going to be asking a lot of my my knees, especially given the last couple of weeks I've had. Um, but I'm going to give it my all and see just how much I've got in the tank now after what's going to have been by that point a very very long six weeks. Well, man, good luck with it. Cheers. And with that, then, it brings us to the end of Noki News. And Marty, we're on to overtime. Yep, we're going to move on to our overtime segment because I think all of us kind of forgot that we have a segment in between called the star segment and we actually haven't put anything in. Um, so maybe... John, star. To be, star to be, fair, to be fair, we we haven't seen any hockey live, so we'll bring it back next time when we've all had a chance to watch hockey for the first time in person for the first time in 19 months nearly that'll do because i've got the uh the door 14 hockey star stand sitting in front of me here on the desk so you know obviously that needs to be claimed by someone um 
I'm going to move on to the overtime segment. And our overtime segment is just any other stories that kind of don't fit in anywhere else. Or if it's a conversation that we've been asked to talk about from you guys on our social media. Um, I suppose we only have really the one. Um, and it's more of a, a, a kind of a conversation that I kind of think we kind of wanted to raise. Um, I suppose this is around, obviously there's been a bit of a... Uh, what should we what should we talk about um rebrands and redesigns um we've obviously talked about in our last um in our last podcast and one of the other um i suppose a a, a fan section that's close to our hearts um that we um have some really good friends uh, we, we're really good friends with is that of uh, boomerang corner uh in the belfast ssa arena uh for anybody who is foreign to the elite league or the belfast giants the uh boomerang corner is a corner section set aside in the arena which is normally um free seating area where you buy a ticket anywhere else in the arena you can move over to boomerang corner and take part and get involved with the chants and singing and drumming and and just the general craziness that goes on in that corner but uh they decided as well at the same time as the belfast giants to kind of go through a bit of a, a rebrand and a redesign um so guys i kind of wanted to get your thoughts first off on the rebrand and redesign um starting with um and I, i'm sure the glad i'm sure the guys up in boomerang corner will uh be happy to hear us talking about this too hopefully um but i just kind of wanted to set it off we we talked about matt or harvey earlier on um as i was mentioning um he got a shout out by luke last weekend about the, the fact that the elite league are using new graphics as part of their social media and uh, matt was part of the that he was the one who designed a lot of those i don't know what the official term is for those skins but he was the one that designed the the graphics for that but he also did the technically did he also did the rebrand for the for boomerang corner i believe it was a, a joined up approach between boomerang approaching matt and saying listen we want to come up with something new what have you got for us um i suppose we should start off by saying the alternative brand logo that boomerang have used which is a, an alternative variation of fin this we've seen it we've seen a variation we've seen this this logo with this brand um during the off season uh at start, like in the middle of maybe a couple of months back anyway uh matt is a fantastic uh graphic designer um and he put together um some really inspiring and really great looking hockey jerseys uh, as like an idea of like what he would imagine a Belfast Giants hockey jersey might look like and he used this logo as part of that hockey jersey that he designed and obviously then Boomerang Corner have been lucky enough to adopt it as part of their branding. Um, John let's start with you let's go with the, the rebrand for Boomerang Corner what's your thoughts? Absolutely love it. Um, look First and foremost, Boomerang are a massive part of the experience of being in the SSE. Um, they have been ever since they took up that position uh, up there. And the the they, they had a, a brand, let's call it a brand. They had a brand before. They had their, their name brand. Uh, they were Boomerang Corner. But what Matty has done for them um, over the last few months by putting this all together is really galvanize that into what's almost like an organization within the organization like it's it's stunning um he's kind of captured the the fact that the team has gone through this rebrand themselves but also he's kept such a strong link to the old brand of the team as well he's kept that history almost kept that history maybe slightly more than the team have themselves because I think as fans, that 
old school brand is something that we all identify with. And I think that's maybe more important for a fan organization like Boomerang to keep that. And the logo and the designs that he's come up with for that, 100% do that job. I think it's absolutely fantastic what he's done with that. John, you stole you stole the words right out of my mouth. It's it's as I when we were talking about the the Giants jersey, uh, the Giants logo last time. Now again, I'm a fan of the new the new logo. To be fair, yep. But yep. Um, we were talking about the evolution. We we're talking about the evolution of like the Toronto um, um, uh, logo, and you can actually see it happening. I I can see a closer connection between um, Bermarine Corners new logo with Finn. And are the older Belfast Giants logo that you can you can see that closer evolution compared to the really clean, clean, crisp, uh, modern uh, Belfast Giants one. I, I think I, I think you're absolutely right. There's definitely a, a more direct connection there. Yep. And I also love I love that uh, in the Twitter um, header image that it's got like the Titanic um, building kind of triangles. You know the shape of the Titanic building. Uh, yep. And the shape, the I, I don't know what kind of what you would call those geometric um, shapes that create the building, but yep. they're, they're yeah, yeah. on either side of the, the 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 image. I like that. Yeah. No, I think the whole thing it just it just looks. You know, it's. I suppose, as you say, John. You know, and not taking away, Boomerang did have its own identity, um, in some ways, but. I think this makes it even stronger for them. You know, I think this is something that it makes them stand out and it's just something they can all get behind. You know, we obviously they get behind the Belfast Giants and the the Giants logo and the Giants thing. But again, it's just another little bit that can help them stand out and kind of obviously, you know, I don't know what their decision is going to be. I don't know if they're going to maybe think about maybe kind of like having like their own variations of like getting their own t-shirts and stuff made or their own hoodies or whatever. But, you know, you can see that. You could see that if like, if you know, a big gang of, you know, fans from Boomerang Corner show up with with that quite aggressive looking fin on their on their hoodies and whatever else. You know, you can kind of see how it would kind of you know it would look really good. You know, um, and I think oh definitely. I, I mean, as soon as that order's going in, guys, give us a shout because yeah. uh, I'll order several of all the items that you'll be uh, <laughs> that you'll be putting out. Yeah, um, if, you do a hat, if you do a hat pin, I haven't put a new pin on my hat for a long time, so I need a new pin. Yeah, I mean, Dave, what I mean, you, you, what's your thoughts? We we'll get your thoughts on the rebrand. No, I do like it. Um, I like the use of the colours. Looks really nice. Um, I'm not a big fan of the jersey V at the bottom of the logo. Um, I think it makes him look like he's got um, a weird thing going on at the bottom of his chin. Um, obviously, that's meant to be the neckline of the jersey, but uh, I just, my eyes get drawn to it every time, and I don't know why. But other than that, it is a fantastic logo. Really good use of the the teal. Um, again, more so than the the current Giants logo. Um, and I do like is I mentioned this in the when we were talking about the Giants current logo. Um, they got rid of all the diamonds from his headbands, and I see they've kept them, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, they did, um, and it's in there. And uh, yeah, I think it looks really good, guys. Before we move on from our overtime segment, and I'm gonna just stick with Boomerang Corner if that's okay. Um, and it's just something that I I kind of wanted to raise. Um, because I know from from reading different social media posts over the course of the last couple of weeks um and i know coming up to the first game it was it was very evident um that there was going to be problems but you know john you you mentioned it in a comment that you made there you know how boomerang corner is almost like the life and soul you know they get the they get the crowd going you know some people will be like oh you don't need drums and stuff but you do it helps you know they get the they get the crowd going they get them g'd up they start those chants they you know they're they're giving it their all during penalty kill you know everything is there 
they create a lot of noise and it really does help now one of the things obviously that we've had an issue was well initially we we noticed it we seen it ourselves and we talked about this ourselves and i know on social media a lot of a lot of people were talking about it too was the fact that coming into the first game of the season the uh, giants obviously had to make a decision around the how seating was going to work in the arena um because of restrictions and initially obviously the giants organization the arena itself obviously had to come up with a, a plan and an issue to kind of suppose stay within the regulations that were set out by the executive here in northern ireland and one of those regulations meant that the i suppose the organization slash arena were very clear i suppose that they had to people who buy their tickets must adhere to the seats that they've purchased therefore wherever you've bought your ticket for you need to sit in that area and as such they also then had, I think probably, I, I mean, I get, again, I don't, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm going to go for a guess here. My guess is that the arena then had no option, but obviously to try and increase the a number of seats that they wanted to put out for, to allow more people to come in to try and help within the whole regulations of, you know, safe enough, you know, sticking within regulations and everything else. They opened up tickets in Boomerang Corner for, from the start of the season, which meant that people were able to purchase tickets for Boomerang Corner and would be sitting in Boomerang Corner. Now the problem with the problem is prior to the start of the season, prior to the first game of the season, the executive made changes and the Giants were able to put in the East tier and made a section for Boomerang Corner for the first game of the season, um, which obviously is not ideal, but at least they find a space for them at last minute and Boomerang were able to get together, able to create that noise in the first home game and perfect, great. The only problem is obviously is that the Giants have sold tickets for the rest of t- october anyway so two more games in october have been are now on sale and as such anybody who's already purchased a ticket in boomerang corner means that that is their seats and they are i suppose within their rights to say i purchased that seat i sit in that seat which means that boomerang corner may not be possible um coming up in the next two games because if the you know the rumors are correct and there's no east here going in for for this weekend um which suggests that boomerang corner would be displaced again um, so, I mean, your thoughts on that, um, Dave, we'll start with you. Yeah, it's, uh, um, I totally understand where the Giants are coming from. Um, they had to make plans based on the information they had at hand and they sold tickets with that information. And the, once the tickets are sold, they can't renege on that. They can't go back and go, oh, sorry, the rules have changed. We need to move you. Um, you know what it would be like if even if couple of families booked their tickets there, you know, they wouldn't have been happy of getting shifted around, maybe to move somewhere they don't want to sit, you know, if they ended up behind, you know, double plexi or something daft that they don't, you know, don't like being that close or whatever. You know, know what people are like when it comes to picking their seats. I know we're not much better. Um, but once they, they're sold, there's not much they can do. They have to sort of just run with it. Um, yes, it would be lovely just to say, you know, throughout the East here, allow them to keep doing that. Um, but there has to be a financial return for the extra man hours to bring that out. Um, it, as far as I remember, can't remain out. It's to do with how they maintain the ice plant. So, um, but it is what it is. And we just have to get through it. It's only a month. Um, it's only the first part of the season. Um, everybody else will just have to do their part. Yeah, John, what are they I mean... Up? Can they go onto the bridge? I was, just, I was just no, about to ask. That was the question I was just about to ask. So, does someone want to take that question? I was gonna. I was just about to ask John that question, but um, so I'll stick with it, John. The, um, 
I mean, in terms yeah, of so, you know, what, what are they, is there, do you see any alternative options in terms of, you know, what the Giants could do in order to maybe facilitate BC to be able to still um, do their thing? Our biggest problem right now is the restrictions under um, under which events have to be managed here in Northern Ireland. Now, today, there's been further um, agreement to scrap social distancing here in Northern Ireland. Um, that brings us more in line with um, Scotland, England and Wales on that front. So we are moving slightly forward on that. However, it won't be until the end of this month. So it's not going to have an immediate impact. Um, so at the minute, as far as I understand it, fans still have to be seated at indoor venues. Um, and there's no, within the arena rules as well, um, there's no eating or drinking away from seats or any of that. So you can still have a, a general seating area you can't have a general admission area the way that boomerang was for the next two games um but depending on how seats have been sold and everything else obviously the east tier created that possibility because there were no seats released uh, previously for those ones with the east tier gone this represents a problem going back to the whole issue at the very start the biggest problem seems to have been a lack of um discussion mm, yeah. uh with uh, with Boomerang or a lack of maybe a lack of understanding of knowing that within Boomerang you have a lot of your regular fans, you have quite a lot of season ticket fans, you you have that heart and soul of the team is in quite a small section within the arena on any given game night and a lot of your atmosphere as you rightly said Marty comes from that oh, very yeah. small area, that, that small number of fans, they represent how you get the crowd into the game and admittedly like 100% like you said not to sort of flog a dead horse and go over exactly what you've just said but there were restrictions and there are restrictions that have to be maintained but a discussion could be had and I think this is a, a problem that's happened maybe we're more acutely aware of it because we're here in Belfast we're obviously not aware of what's going on elsewhere um, but we're very much aware that discussion and contact with the team has been a massive problem um, in the lead up to the season and it seems to continually be that sort of a problem I know that there's been issues with people trying to get in contact about tickets or issues with season tickets um, yeah, now, we've also had our own as well trying to get uh, reaffiliated um, yes with, uh, um, with Mark gone so well that's 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 ongoing and that's a, a separate issue which will not board listers with like we obviously managed to get accreditation before the league runs a, an accreditation um for media and we're we're still awaiting our response because the league sends it on to the host team which for us is clearly belfast and we're still to hear back from that um but within the fan base the the problem is that the team doesn't seem to be approachable right now um and when when you're us, that that's that's fine. We're completely disconnected from the team as a, a brand, as Door 14. That they're well within their rights to keep their distance from us. That's fine. When you're boomerang, and when you're inherently part of what makes a game night, and you're effectively a free service to the Giants. Let let's be perfectly honest. Um, the Giants may or may not have some sort of input into whether it's flags or whatever. I know that the Boomerang guys do a lot of that themselves, the, the purchasing of flags, the design side of things. I know Matty will have done all that design work for them for free. Um, and I know that investment was made for the start of the season with banners and flags that represented the, the new image. 
and that's where a lot of the ill feeling has come, I think, is that there just has been no interaction at all from the team on a way forward. Um, from tonight, from recording, we know that there probably hasn't been any discussion about how to move forward for the next two home games uh, for the rest of October. And I, I kind of feel like we're in the position that Dave is 100% right. I think we're going to have to grin and bear it. I think we're going to have fans scattered. I think we're going to have Boomerang potentially scattered around the arena unless they've been able to kind of get a group of tickets together to kind of bring that atmosphere um, to the arena. And for me, it's going to be a really interesting part of going to our first home game on Sunday where the East tier potentially isn't there or more than likely isn't there. And what does that do to the atmosphere within the, the game? And how do the Giants then react if it has a real adverse impact? What's their solution going forward? How do they how do they try to get us back into that boomerang era, if you like, um, and where that atmosphere comes from? And I think it's going to be really interesting. We'll wait and see. Again, we're not party to all the information, um, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Can I can I just get some clarification on, on that? Um, you mentioned there that they've already sold the October game, so for the next couple of games we'll have to grin and bear it. And I'm just like, if if there was some sort of communication saying, okay, guys, you know, from from the Giants themselves, we 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 messed up. It was an oversight. We we forgot to to um, book out Boomerang Corner. We forgot to not make that available. Is it for? Have they actually said from November onwards, December, whatever, that Boomerang Corner will no, no. longer? So no, it's... so they, they, they haven't they haven't been able to, and this is the point that I've made, that I, I think it's just been a lack of communication because the Giants, they were looking at it, and Marty said at the start when we were discussing it, it was about how they could get bums on seats within the regulations that were set down by the executive. Uh, they uh -huh. had to maintain social distancing. They had to maintain a, a level of um, distance between fans, uh, enhanced cleaning and um, all this sort of stuff, but try and get as many bums on seats as possible. That meant opening up Boomerang to general ticket sale. Gotcha. Now, with the change that's coming in, as agreed by the executive just today, that general admission, that general area of Boomerang should, as of Halloween Day, the 31st of October, should become available again. And that shouldn't be a problem going forward. What we don't know is have any tickets. I, do, I don't actually know. I haven't looked to see if there are, if you can buy tickets for November yet. So if people have been able to buy seats there, the biggest problem is that those tickets will still be valid. A solution I we talked about this in our group chat about a week ago, I think, uh, as well, about how this was an issue. And we talked about at the very start of the podcast how all ticket sales now are digital. And I wondered, well, is there an opportunity then for the Giants to apologize to someone who's bought a ticket in Boomerang um, and say, unfortunately, due to whatever circumstance, um, we have moved your seat to here, away from Boomerang. Um, maybe give them a free drink and a cold burger um, and let them make up for it that way. Um, they'll miss the first period while they're waiting for it anyway, but uh, it doesn't matter. Um, open up that boomerang area that way if you have uh, been able to uh, or if people have bought those seats. I, I don't know what the proper solution is. And I think this is the thing. I don't think there's a right answer with this. I think no matter what, someone's going to get upset. But I think just, you have to look at what the greater good is. Just went and checked there. You can't get um, the you can't book tickets for November yet. 
Right. Well, there you go then. So and, uh, and there's the, there's so a solution. The, yeah. And I mean, to be fair, it actually says on the Ticketmaster site, uh, playing their home games at the SSC Arena, the team has a dedicated boomerang corner, uh, which is the large fan group of the a large group of fans um, starts most of the games in their chance. So they're even advertising boomerang corner <laughs> as a, in the about Belfast Giants on uh, the SSC uh, Ticketmaster site thingy. Very good. Wow. So maybe well, that is to say that going forward should be fine. Yep. Hopefully that's to say that Boomerang will be back in November, but I do understand that there has been an ill feeling within Boomerang, and I think there is a, there has been a, a drop in trust, I think, oh, there has been the, the biggest problem. I wonder who their engagement was with before. Um, you know, have they, Has it been someone that's left in the same way that uh, Mark Levin has, has impacted us? Maybe and look, I, I said that I think the communication has been a problem. We know that the vast majority of staff, including the the coaching staff, were furloughed um, mm. for that entire period. Um, so it's we're not trying to level criticism here. I don't think anyway. I'm talking for myself here, but we're not trying to level criticism specifically on the team. Um, everyone has been in a difficult position, and let's be fair, a, a fan corner in an ice hockey game. Um, is secondary to everything that's been going on. But yeah. now that we're almost getting back to normal now, especially with the announcement today of the scrapping of social distancing from uh, the 31st of October, you'd like to think now, now is the opportunity for the organisation and Boomerang to get back in that sweet spot and hold each other's hands and hug each other lovingly or potentially do a socially distanced fist bump, I don't know, but um, do, do something to bring the love back uh, and let's get back to the way that things were. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I suppose, as you were saying, as you know, obviously we're hoping that a solution is made. Um, because, um, as we've clearly stated, you know, we, you know, the the boomerang corner it does make a massive difference. Um, you know, some people can argue that it doesn't, but you know, you just have to be there on a random Tuesday night, uh, or Wednesday night game in the middle of a uh, November or cold November or in the middle of like a of a middle of like January or February time, and they still put in as much heart into that in the middle of a game where there's maybe less people there and they make a massive difference so um, they put as much of a shift in as darcy murphy on a breakaway let's be honest yeah so that's hopefully <laughs> hope hope something comes up hope something gets solved and uh there'll be something for them this coming weekend and also maybe in the next two weekends and they'll return to normal uh come november guys i think that's us for the overtime segment um which means we have one last segment left within our podcast um and that is obviously passing over to mr mitchell for his abcs of hockey Thanks very much, Marty. Yes, we are now on to the ABCs of hockey. Time to we've got coming to the end of the podcast. Time to chill out. Time to 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 getting ready for bed and go to sleep. Um, but apart from uh, I was asking, I was making sure I knew the guy's name. We've got a tweet from Marcus um, a couple of weeks ago because he usually listens to us on, on the drive back up to to Dublin. Marcus, don't fall asleep. Keep the windows open. <laughs> <laughs> this is not this is not ABC's a uh, hockey for for bedtime for you. You keep driving uh, and keep the windows open. Um, but for us, this is time to chill out and and get to the end of the night. Um, so, can anyone remember what we were what we done last week? I wasn't here, teacher. 
<laughs> yes, last week we did the letter M. M. And that was for... Mario Lemmy. You! Well done. Ten points all round. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from you, John, you weren't here. Uh, uh, John, you can make up for it this week. What is what letter? What letter are we on this week? Now, if last week was M, that yeah. means it must be N. There we go. You get the ten points, and I, fair enough. I've already, uh, I've already uh, told you what the le- letter N was for because I wanted to give you his homework. Um, and the letter N this week stands for numbers. Numbers on the back of your jersey. You. <laughs> 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 So what I want to, what I, what the homework I gave you guys was to to actually go away and think about um, your favorite numbers that you've got on your jersey, whether it's a retired uh, number, a number that made me, meant something to you. Uh, maybe it's not even a number. Maybe maybe you're so so much so loved door fourteen so much that you always put the number fourteen on your jersey. You tell me. Um, um, I want to know what your what your favorite numbers to get on your jerseys are. Um, John, go for it, buddy. Oh, I knew you were going to come to me first. Right. Let's. I have a couple that uh, like I would go with. 14 is obviously a big one. Um, when we got our door 14 jerseys a couple of years back, uh, I think we all just made the choice to go with 14. It's it's our number. Um, one of my favourite hockey movies, though, and it's quite apt uh, because this is obviously episode 69 of uh, the Door 14 <laughs> Hockey Podcast. But... Uh, Defenseman and uh, all-around goon, uh, Doug Glatt does skate uh, for the Halifax Highlanders with uh, the number 69 on his jersey because it's hilarious, apparently for some reason. Answers on a postcard if you can tell me why it's hilarious. Um, the only, the, Other than that number, the only other number that really means something to me is um, got to be my favourite um, shirt off the back that I ever got it at a, a Giants game. and uh, It's number 50. It's Matt Nickerson. It's hanging up right behind me, actually. It's ready to go for Sunday, actually. And uh, yeah, for that one, number 50 for me uh, is uh, is a big one. Good man. Thanks very much, John. Dave, what about yourself, buddy? So, um, yeah, so uh, numbers that mean something. Um, the one that always jumps to mind whenever I think uh, numbers um, would be the Minnesota Wild. They've only got one retired number, and that's the number one. And that was retired for mm. the fans as part of the uh, creation of the team. Um, and it's the only number they've retired uh, wow. to date. Um, and it's well, being the NHL, that's pretty standard. It's not they don't retire as many. And uh, but it means that they have um, a fan number in their rafters. Um, Busy highlights how, how important their fans are to the to the team. Um, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's a nice wee touch. Um, and then it annoys an awful lot of goalies though. They turn up wanting to play at number one, but no. <laughs> um, and then I don't really have. Obviously, not fourteen has become a big big part of uh, our hockey experience um, in the last so many years uh, with the the podcast and sitting at door fourteen for so long, um, but. Other than that, I don't really have a number that I always get. Um, I, I quite like the clean cut look without being crested because um, it's a hard decision to pick who you're getting on your jersey. Mm, it is, definitely. You're talking about uh, the, the number 14 there and uh, we've just talked about Boomerang Corner 
and we're moving on to Marty. And I always, uh, one of the funny stories I always remember Marty telling about is one one day he walked in on door 13. 15. And uh, someone on board. 15, sorry. 15. Yeah, 15. Sorry, door, door 15, sorry, door 15. And someone called out. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> that's it. That's the thing. I, I put it in the group chat this year. So whenever I was finally able to download my... Uh, ticket for i think the pre-season game uh my season ticket now says that i sit at door 15 so guys we need a rebrand we actually do need a rebrand <laughs> <laughs> matt are you free <laughs> well I, I mean you're 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 right i uh, the guys up in boomerang were uh to grant me and they were shouting down at me like ah oh, you come in door 15 you're not you don't belong in the store um <laughs> but yeah yeah 14 uh, is, it does obviously have a, a, a personal number for us now you know obviously it everything now with obviously the podcast and sitting in the door 14 and john my ticket for the sunday coming is door 14 um from ticketmaster when i bought it from ticketmaster it came in as door 14 not door 15 um so don't know what's happened with your season ticket there mate um just rubbing it in there nah, for, nah, 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 for me, yeah, yeah another maybe someone in the giants is just screwing with me that's it indeed <laughs> for me in terms of numbers uh personally my personal number the one that i always um go back to is the number 13 unlucky for some um I could say it's because of the likes of like Pavel Datsuk or Matt Sundin who played for Toronto Maple Leafs. So, um, but it's not. It's simply just because I was born on Friday the thirteenth, and thirteen is my lucky number. So I just always went with thirteen for everything, um, no matter what. So thirteen is the number I usually get on my back, um, if I'm having my own personalized jersey with like my own name and stuff. But if it came to a number that I love and a jersey that stands out for me. Uh, my number would be the number 20. Um, I'm a big fan of the number 20 and I have a couple of number 20 jerseys, Belfast Giants jerseys, because of a certain Mr. Mark Morrison. Um, when I started going to the Giants games, I was like, honestly, I I think I was captivated by Mark Morrison. Um, I think obsessed was the word. Obs- yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll fully admit it. Yeah, obsessed with Mark Morrison. Um, and the reason being, Mark stood out for me like, Obviously, he was a homegrown Belfast, born and bred player. You know, he played. He played from Belfast. He made the team, and that's one of the reasons. But also, Mark was fearless. He was a smaller player. He was fast. You know, he got up that ice really quickly, and that was one of the things that stuck with me straight away in one of my first games. I was like, "God, he moves quick. He moves really quick." Uh, and then also, like, he has the heart. He had the heart of the Giants. You know, I. You know, you think back to. And it's a classic image now that that the Giants use, and it's you know Mark going toe to toe, you know, in fights against um, Manchester Phoenix at the time. Um, but that stands out for me, and I have uh, a few number twenty jerseys um, hanging up in my in my wardrobe. Um, so number twenty would be my my second choice for number. Aaron, Good what about man. you? Um, for me, um, I'm I'm wearing the jersey right now, and it's, it's a similar story, Marty. It's, it's when we when we first got our season tickets all those many years ago. Um, I I um, really liked uh, the the player Stevie Lyle. I thought uh, as a goalie, he was uh, out of this world, and I thought the the, the position goalie was was great. Um, so I always went for number thirty. Um, I've got a couple of jerseys of them, and uh, even though I, I appreciate that he moved on and and done many many different different things, but thirty was was a good number to go by. Can't beat a bit of Stevie Lyle to be fair. No. <laughs> Do you know what? I was just interestingly, I was looking it up um, in the NHL uh, without looking uh, at the link that Dave put on, and he might have already done his homework on this one. Um, how many teams do you think have retired the number fourteen across the NHL? It wasn't even looked. I don't know. I don't 14 know. teams. 
<laughs> no, it's not 14. <laughs> It's only two. It's only two. Uh, The Buffalo Sabres uh, retired number 14 for Rene Robert. And uh, Marty, Toronto Maple Leafs. Dave Keown. Mm -hmm. Number 14 retired. Yep. So that's the only two that uh, have retired the number 14. Yep. Wow. That's pretty cool. And then, of course, there's only only one number that's retired for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. We all all know that one. We all know that. If you don't know that one. If you don't know that, are you even a hockey fan? Is my is my exactly. question. Exactly. <laughs> Good man. Well, on that, um, tell us what if anyone that's listening, tell us what your favorite numbers are. What numbers do you get on your jersey? Is it something that's um, uh, that's personal to you? That's is it your birthday? Is it whatever? Or is it your favorite player that you always get on at the back of your jersey? Give us a tweet. Yep. Do I feel indeed. like from the Giants fans, we're going to get a lot saying nineteen. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that's quite a quite I've got a high possibility. jerseys myself, to be fair. <laughs> um, just before you move on, uh, I was just having a quick look to see um, through that list that Dave sent through. And it's a toss-up between which team has the most retired numbers. Uh, it looks like either Toronto Maple Leafs or uh, Montreal Canadiens are running or leading with the number of jerseys completely, re- like numbers retired completely. Wonder, um, wonder at what point do teams have to start running three numbers on the back of their jerseys? <laughs> what point do they do that? Indeed. Um, with that, then we will round off this week's episode. Um, as da- as Aaron had also mentioned, if you want to get in touch with us, um, give us your thoughts on any of the topics we've talked about today in this podcast, please do so. We'd love to hear from you on our social media channels. We're on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, Inst- uh, and Twitter at Door14Hockey. You can check out uh, previous episodes uh, of this podcast on any of the main streaming um, services, as well as our own website, door14hockey.com. Um, with that guys i think that's us and we'll just round off this episode i'm marty i'm dave i'm john i'm aaron have a great week 